I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word, if you have it with you, and turn it to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. We're in the third week of a series called Together. And so we are in this series, we are looking at what God has done, what He has planned for us, all He has in store for us, not just as individual Christians, but as the whole body of Christ He's got some powerful things going on. And so we talked about um, the first week about the peace that we can have, that we can find together as the body of Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we talked about love, how powerful the love in the body of Christ is. And this week, we're talking about growth in the body of Christ. Now, my sermon title that's printed in the insert and in the bulletin says, Together We Go Stronger, but I'd like to change that. So if you're taking notes, change it to Together We Grow Up. Together We Grow Up is what this message is all about. And we're going to begin uh, today's passage in Ephesians is from chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Would you please rise and stand, if you're physically able, as we read the Word of God. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, Tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we grow up. Lord, we pray that we, not only as individuals would grow, but that we would grow together as the body of Christ that we would see you have this plan for us. And that plan is not stagnation, not deterioration, but that plan is for us to grow in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. This morning, I want to tell you a profound truth. Your pastor is the gift of God to you. Okay? I know, I know. No, not a white elephant gift, not a prank gift, not a gag gift. Now, some of you are thinking that's a little bit much, Tim, even for Pastor Appreciation Sunday, you know? But I want to tell you, not from my own, but from the Word of God, that I am... And every pastor of every church is the gift of God to that church. But here's the deal. The focus is not on the pastor. The focus is not on the apostle. 
the prophet, the evangelist, the preacher, the teacher, the elder, the deacon, whatever church office you can come up with. The focus is not on the gifts. The focus is on the giver. And who's the giver? Christ himself. Christ gives gifts. So when I say to you that, you know, hey, church leaders are the gift of God to the congregation, it's not like, oh, he thinks he's God's gift to women. Oh, no, no, no. I have no illusions there. Believe me. But I'm telling you that God has gifted the church. Christ himself has gifted the church. And so this morning, I want us to talk very briefly about his plan for us to grow up. You know, it is, it is um, sometimes we say, oh, I wish they could just stay that age, you know, and, and we think they're precious until they make a mess or, you know, do something else and we're like, grow up, kid. You know, but we, we sometimes think that, but, you know, really, we say that without thinking because for those parents who have a child whose development stops, what is that? That's so, that's sad. That's a hardship. That's a difficulty. We want our children to grow and develop and mature. We may want them to be childlike, but we don't want them to be childish. We want them to grow. And God has that same design and that same plan for each and every one of us. In fact, for us together as the church. And so God's plan basically starts like this. He says, number one, I'm giving you a gift. That gift is some specialist within the church. And just like we have special parts of our body that are for healing or for growth or for whatever, he says, I've given you some specialists to do different things in the body. And, and the apostles, they were the ones who went out and, and they spread the gospel initially. There were prophets, there's preachers, there's teachers, there's evangelists. Why does God give these specialists out? Is it so that we can look at them and, and stand in awe of them and... Uh, in other words, is the church here for the leaders? No, absolutely not. The leaders, or really more biblically, the servants of the church, are here for the church. We don't come to church to stand in awe of the pastor or the musicians or the elders or anybody who does anything else. We come to stand in awe of Christ. And the leaders who are the servants, the chief servants, Jesus said, if you'll be anything in my kingdom, you'll be the servant of all. They, including myself and everybody else, and by the way, this isn't an exhaustive list. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you're on the session or any kind of service. Your job is not to puff yourself up. It's to build up others. And so God says, number one, I've given gifts of people who are specifically there to build you up. Now, what are they building you up for? Is it so you can just be fat and happy, spiritually speaking, that, that you know, you can sit and soak and sour in a pew and just give me more, more, more. Oh, this is so good. No, absolutely not. That's not what God ever says. He says these gifts, the apostles and the prophets and so on and so on and so on, they're my gifts to you for a purpose. And what's that purpose? He says, to build up the church, all right? So the church needs to be built up, not just filled up, but built up. And is it's building, why are we building the church? Is it so we can make a monument to ourselves and how great we are? Absolutely not. The church is being built up so that it will serve, so that the church works. 
You know, this is absolutely the opposite of the way a lot of people think about church. They think there's a lot of ministry out there to be done. We need to hire somebody to do it. And we need to go out and search for the guy or the girl who's just, they're the best, they're the most gifted and talented, and we will pay them, and they will be our delegated minister to serve and do all the ministry of the church while we sit and we sing and we give our tithes, and they'll go do all the offerings. I'm not sure where, where that got started, that idea, but it surely wasn't in Scripture. Because Scripture says, here's the deal, I'm giving you some of these folks in leadership positions, in specialized positions, and their job is not to do all the ministry of the church, but their job, just like if you have a medical problem and you have a team of specialists, or maybe you just you want to get in better shape and you put together a team, the team might consist of, of your doctor, of a workout partner, of a personal trainer, of a gym that you go to, and also, and they're all for that purpose of helping you get in shape. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. I want you, church, to get in shape. I want you, church, to grow up and to not be that 97-pound weakling on the beach who gets bullied by everything that comes along in this world. I want you to be spiritually strong. And so he tells us, this is the team that I've put around you. Just like you can, you can turn on your TV and you can watch aerobics all day long. I mean, you can find an old tape from the 80s that says Buns of Steel and pull out that VHS recorder and push it in and, and you can watch it and you can watch Richard Simmons and you can watch all the latest and greatest fitness people there are today 24 hours a week and you think, why am I in such terrible shape? I mean, every single week, I listen and watch, and, you know, I don't understand why I'm not getting in better shape than I am. Because no one can work out for you. You can have a trainer, you can have a gym membership, you can have all the coolest, latest Nike shorts and every kind of equipment there is, and the best membership. How many Bowflexes have sat in people's houses? How many treadmills have sat in people's houses? Guess what? None of those things, not even the greatest equipment, can get you in shape. You have to get you in shape. But it sure helps when you got the right equipment and the right people and the right atmosphere all encouraging you, hey, go ahead, go for it. You can do it. And Paul here says, this is what God has done for you. God will not make you grow. He will not force you to grow. But he's going to put you in circumstances and situations in your life that will test you and will try you. And he's going to put you as part of a group of people, the church. And by the way, sometimes that testing and trying will come from that very group. Shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it ends up. And he's going to put people around you, though, who can help you, who can encourage you, who can teach you, who can uplift you. They cannot grow, from, grow for you, but they can do everything possible to surround you with a caring and supportive atmosphere that makes you have your best chance of growing. So let's go back to the scripture here. Let's read this again and kind of recap it. Beginning in verse 11. So Christ himself, okay, so again, it's about the giver, not the gift. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Not to do the service for them, but to equip them and build them that they, the people of God, may do the works of service. 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What's the point of us growing up? He says there's a couple of things. By growing up, number one, we protect the unity that God has given us. I don't care how many Bible verses you say, how long you've been a Christian. If you can't get along with people, if you constantly rub people the wrong way, if you leave broken relationships in your wake, if you, if you just mess things up and say, oh, I'll move on because I got other people who are better than them, and I'll be friends with them, and I'm going to keep a grudge on that person, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm all right, and they're in the wrong. You're not grown up. You're not mature in the faith. Just because you know a bunch of stuff and do a bunch of Christian stuff, unity is one of the greatest signs of maturity for us as believers, that we learn how to get along with people. And when there is a break, inevitably, okay, all of us, we're going to, it doesn't matter how nice and kind and sweet and loving and whatever you are, we're all going to rub somebody the wrong way. We're all going to get to a place in our life where somehow a relationship needs to be healed or needs to be mended. And so when we get to that place, a, a sign, a signal of our maturity is do we let our pride get in the way and say, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not really that important? Or do we say, I'm going to fix that? Because the unity of Christ is one of his main goals for us as a body. And I'm not going to hinder. I'm not going to downplay the work of Christ in his body. I'm going to do everything I can to protect the unity. So the unity is important. Also the maturity. He says, I want, I want us to grow up. I, I, I want you as the body of Christ, not just to sit around singing kumbaya and then all just loving one another, but you also grow up, that you mature, that you get stronger. God said, Christ said, I will build my church. That's a continuous action that God is doing throughout the church age. Until he comes again, he is continuously, his design and his plan is for us to grow together and toward him and so i want you to mature in unity and i want you to mature in your faith because what happens if you're not mature what if happens if you don't work together for those things well paul gives us a warning about that in the verses that follow in verse 14 he says then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Paul uses uh, three forms of imagery here. First, he talks about just being a baby. Nobody wants to be a baby. Well, maybe you do as an adult. Maybe you want to go back. But as a kid, no one wants people to call them on the playground. You're a baby. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be uh, called a, a little baby who hasn't grown. And because and, and, if you're a baby, you're weak and you're immature. You know, there's, a, there's the old saying, uh, like taking candy from a baby. Although sometimes I doubt that saying, because if you ever tried it, they don't let go of that candy very easily once they got a hold of it, right? Like somebody posted on Facebook the other day, they said the fastest land mammal on the planet is a toddler who's just been asked, what's in your mouth? I mean, they're gone. You cannot catch that sucker, Okay. 
But in general, we know that babies are weak. They're, they're, they're at the mercy of everyone around them, although it feels the other way around, like we're at their mercy, right? We're taking care of them. But really, they depend completely and totally. And, and, and he says, I want you to grow up and not just be babies spiritually. Secondly, he says, I don't want you to be tossed around by every, every wind and every wave that comes around and blows you around. In other words, I don't want you to be a spiritual lightweight. I don't want you to be so flimsy so lightweight that every time some new teaching, some heresy, some trend comes along, that all of a sudden uh, you're, you're on the way to that new trend. I remember when my, um, when my brother, years ago, my older brother, he was young and single, living in the city of Mobile, and there was three main churches there, and it was really funny. There was always going to be one of them that had the cool young adult ministry going on. And that would be all, everybody, they'd flock to that. And then he'd tell me, you know, maybe they'd have somebody resign or something happen. And then, boom, all of a sudden, oh, this is the new cool place for young adults. And all the, they'd flock over here. And, I, and it was so funny because, like, what, what an immaturity, what a lack of groundedness there. That I'm just going to hop from place to place to place. Whatever seems fun and cool at the time. And much worse than that, though, is when false teaching, whether it be a prosperity gospel, whether it be some kind of heresy just comes along. I mean, sometimes this is, has to do with discernment as well. Learning how to discern uh, over time, growing spiritually, so that when we sense something is wrong, we know, hey, let me, let me step back. I don't feel right about this teaching or, or the motives of this going on. And, and learning when the Lord is trying to protect you. And that brings us to the, to the last one. He basically de um, describes con men. He says, you don't want to be blown around by the cunning and craftiness of people with deceitful scheming. I've said before, we often mistakenly say, oh, I want to go back to the New Testament church. Like we think that everything was all fine and dandy and things were easy. And, and well, I know they were persecuted back then, but there was such a purity you ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira? You know, there's a lot of folks, even in Paul's day, who were fakes, who were frauds, who were con men, who they're, quote, in the ministry, but it has nothing to do with God. It has to do about their own agenda. And that might be a political agenda, a financial agenda, whatever kind of agenda. And we have to learn to be discerning. And so God says, I want you to grow up. Why do I want you to grow up? So that you are not left vulnerable, that you're not babies, that you're not lightweights, that you're not naive people who just get picked off left and right, but that you are stable and secure and mature. And this all comes together in Jesus. Again, it's, it's not about, you don't come here to hear me preach. You don't come here to hear the piano play, the choir sing. Uh, you know, as wonderful as all those things are, we're here to grow in Christ, to love one God and to love one one another. And those of us who just happen to be on a stage behind a piano or a pulpit or whatever, we're simply here to try to help that process along.
But it's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ, who is our head. And what does the head do? The head directs the body. The head tells us what to do. We know we have a medical problem when I tell my arm to do something and it won't do it. Some of us have gotten to the age where we experience this every so often. We may bend down. We tell our body to go back up and say, eh, you're going to stay here for just a little while. But we're supposed to do what the head tells us to do. And Christ is the head. And it says this, Instead of getting all blown away by all this false doctrine, he says, instead, speaking the truth in love, I only pause there and say that's real important. Speaking the truth in love means we don't go around being know-it-alls. Now, let me tell you where you're wrong. I'm going to correct your theology. Excuse me, but technically, no, 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 no. We're not to be that annoying guy or that annoying girl who's immature and, and thinks that their job is to point out everybody's wrong stuff. He says, speaking the truth in love. That is, when we really see a need to speak, it better come out of a heart of love and be spoken in a heart of love. And so it's a way that edifies and builds up. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Judy talked about the different parts. Some of us may be an elbow, some of us may be a knee, some of us may be a nose. Spiritually speaking, we've all got different jobs. But just like to consider someone healthy That means everything, not just half of them or part of them is working, but that everything is kind of working together, then we consider them healthy. God says, I want you to be healthy as my body, as my church, and that is by every single one of you doing what I've called you to do as my servant, working together so that coming together will be built up in love and will be built up growing into the image of my son, Jesus Christ. That's what God has, what he plans for each and every one of us. So my challenge to you, to me, to all of us today as a congregation is to choose consciously, purposefully, willingly to grow up. Don't be satisfied where you are. Don't be comfortable with your sins, your pet sins. I've given up these, but I'm holding on to these. Don't be comfortable with your past accomplishments, but to say, I choose to grow with Christ, to mature, to work, to unify and love and build my brothers and sisters in Christ just as they're doing that same thing, and together we'll grow into what Christ wants us to be. Let's pray. Father God, sometimes... What we see described here can be so different from what we experience. There are times in life where we are surrounded by people who name the name of Christ, and yet there is chaos and discord and and unhappiness and gossip and slander and, 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 and unkindness. And God, that's not what you have for us. That's not what you desire. Lord, you desire for us to grow 
into fullness, the fullness of Christ. You desire for us to get every bit of what you want for us. And Lord, I pray that we would choose that, that we would choose to say, yes, I want all of what you want from me. Just not a small part, but I want everything to be fully engaged in your mission for my life and for my church, that I would love and care for my brothers and sisters in Christ, and that together we would grow as you've called me to grow. Lord, I pray that that would be our desire and our goal in our heart today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.